Welcome to 519 Connect, where the Windsor Police Service connects with members of our community. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to 519 Connect. I'm your host, Constable Jamie Ajete Nelson, and today I am joined by another co-host, Constable Bianca Jackson. Say hello. Hi, everybody. And today, our guest is Carrie Ann Peters. Uh, she's the Culture and Language Coordinator for Caldwell First Nations. Welcome, Carrie Ann. Hello, miigwech. Thank you. So Carrie Ann is a member of the Caldwell First Nations and was born and raised in Windsor, Ontario. She was forced to grow up in uh, the general public as, as her First Nation did not have a reserve. So this was a place to call home, a place where she could grow alongside her family and other members of her community where she could learn about her teachings and ceremonies. And we have her here today on our show to educate us, uh, communicate with us, and, uh, you know, show us what uh, Caldwell First Nation is all about. So I thank you for uh, being here today and uh, sharing some of uh, your knowledge and your your culture and your history with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. (laughs) So um, culture and language coordinator, um, What's your role? What's it, what's it about? It's pretty exciting, actually. Um, I always say this. I don't like to call it a job, obviously, because this is a way of life for us, right? Um, so in that, I get to, you know, do ceremonies, um, have uh, traditional people come in and do teachings, you know, the drumming and the songs, right, and get to do all that fun stuff. Um, we've been doing language classes. So we've been doing Ojibwe language for the last four years or so. And recently we just added uh, Potawatomi, which is pretty exciting. Ooh, okay. Um, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so where is Caldwell First Nation uh, located, like just geographically? So our office is in Leamington, okay. pretty much right in downtown Leamington. Okay. I went on the website and trying to learn as much as possible. Um, uh, reserve status and things like that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Well, reserve status. Finally, uh, that has been a very long fight. Um, pretty sure, as many know, that's been a, a fight that our ancestors have been doing for well over two hundred twenty years. Right, so long time coming, and we're pretty excited. Um, so our our first piece of land. Um, just about 200 acres. Um, so the government finally put the little check mark on there, and that is now called Caldwell First Nation Reserve Land. Okay. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Actually, I want to say congratulations to you. It's well deserved. And um, one thing I, a question I have, I guess, and just want to get more insight because there's, there's, um, I believe there has been a lack of knowledge on our part for, we, we, we just don't know. We've never been educated. And I'd like to know, so now that you have your land back, what are some of the next steps from here for you? I wish we had our land back. <laughs> portion. My apologies. Yeah, right? portion. No, that's okay. Um, but again, that's where that educational piece comes in, right? Um, so a lot of people know that, you know, Point Pelee, Pelee Island, and that area as Caldwell First Nation as our home, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but Caldwell First Nations traditional territory is way bigger than that, right? So even like all of Windsor-Essex, pretty much all of southern Ontario, right? But 
you know, that would be our traditional territory. Um, so yes, our home, which we are building, which is a lot of work also. Um, so it was in August of 2010 uh, that the Caldwell and the government, um, we did a settlement. So we have been, we've been doing a lot of consultation with, with band members. You know, what would they like to see? What, what do they want to see on the reserve? Right. So now it's just about doing a lot of paperwork, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of feel sorry for council, but they have a lot, of, <laughs> they got a lot of work to do there, but, but yeah, definitely we have that vision and we have that goal and we're all pretty excited about it happening. You know, you, uh, we had a conversation before we came on air, and it was, um, you mentioned that you care for your mom, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but I, I, I want to know, when this announcement came out, for somebody of her age, what, what, did, what, did, you, what did that mean for her? Um, and I just want to say, unfortunately, that happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to have like that big community celebration, right, with everyone there. So while we were still excited, it was still kind of kind of a downer that we couldn't all celebrate that together, right? Um, but yeah, my mom, she, um, she's, so my mom was on council um, when that settlement was done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's just good to see the progress still keep going right mm-hmm. still keep going mm-hmm. that's beautiful that's awesome because it, of course even though some of our um ancestors will, will pass and uh, the new ones come up it's so important for them to continue knowing what was fought for mm-hmm. right and to keep that fight alive to mm-hmm. keep going that's awesome so it is it's amazing and it's long overdue and, uh, you know, Bianca talks about passing that culture and, you know, this knowledge and, and you know, keeping people informed. Um, you know, I see you have programs there. And um, how are you enriching, um, you know, your community? And especially talking about the pandemic coming out of there, you know, we went virtual and other ways. Uh, what type of programs do you are, are out of um, your office that, you know, you're putting out there in the community? So... I'll actually say COVID did have some positive points, right? Um, so doing some of the programs virtually was good because, again, with Caldwell not having that that home, that community, right, our people are spread all over Turtle Island. So going virtual with some of our programs allowed those people to attend that wouldn't mm-hmm. normally be able to attend, right? People who live in Alberta or BC or you know, they wouldn't be able to, you know, pop in the band office for, you know, an hour language class, right? So now that it's virtual, they can. So kind of a a little blessing in disguise there on that part, right? So um, uh, some programs we have kept virtual just because we know those people can attend them. Um, We do do a lot of things um, in person. Obviously, ceremonies cannot be done virtually, right? We have to do those in person. Um, but yeah, and and now, as as um, workers, I think we're trying to figure out how we can still keep all community, you know, 
in on everything that we're doing. So, you know, some programs, you know, one time we'll run it in person, another time we'll run it virtually, depending on what the program is, we can do hybrid, right? So we can do them both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So everybody can participate at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we, we as employees have a lot of work to do also on the back end, right? How many people are employed to, uh, to do this big task? Hmm. I want to say we're just over 25. We could be 30 employees by now. Okay. Considering way back when I started, there was like three of us. Wow. wow. That's, yeah, so, that's a big uptick. Right? So yeah. we've grown, which is even more exciting, right? That's wonderful. Yeah, so and you, we're just going to grow even more when we start building and everything, right? Because even is. more jobs will, will yes. open up, right? So, okay. So with everything being virtual, is everyone working out of the Leamington office? But because you talk about um, you know Alberta being everywhere, I you know with with courses and teachings and everything, are was virtual a way that you could incorporate everyone from from all over? Virtually, um, so as employees, um, we all are back in the office. So we've been back in the office for. Wow, I guess it's been a year now. <laughs> I don't even, yeah. time has just, I don't even know time anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've been back in, in office for like a year now. So yeah, so we just do things out of the building. Um, a lot of stuff that I do is kind of in the evening and on weekends, right? Just because most people work during the day. So again, that gives them that ability to be able to participate. And what kind of programs do you have that are engaging to your youth, to the young ones? Everything I do, Ooh. right? Because it's all about passing that knowledge on, right? So everything that we do, I mean, even the language, when we started the language, we were talking about, you know, how are we going to do this, right? So like, if they were going, if you're going to school, right, you know, you kind of like start kindergarten and work your way up. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know the language. So technically, I should be starting in kindergarten also, right mm -hmm. and that would be my learning process so yeah we ha we have to rework a lot of the things that we do just because we were we again not having that community we didn't grow up together so we weren't just learning from each other mm -hmm. right so yeah i just i mean teaching my mom the language right so yeah, yeah. Right? just because she's older doesn't mean that she should start in that, right? right? She's starting in kindergarten also, right? right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's been fun. Um, again, with COVID, um, pre-COVID, we, like, did a whole 12-module course on that would, like, incorporate uh, the teachings and the language. Mm -hmm. COVID came, so we weren't able to do that, and then we had the good idea, hey, let's put this online. But those modules were were generated to be done in person, okay. right? So yeah. there was all kinds of activities and interaction. Mm -hmm. And then once you go online, you can't do that because now it's just somebody sitting at their computer learning it by themselves. So that's also been whew, a work in progress. But hopefully, fingers crossed, next month that will launch to community. So they'll, so everybody from anywhere that's a Caldwell First Nation band member will be able to have the opportunity to learn that. Yeah, that's great. I you know, learning how to switch, um, you know, you have a product that you're like, yes, and then getting that new one and I'm like, okay, it's still great work. Now let, let's adapt. And that's, that's the growth, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part of, of, of teachings, right? Um, you, you, you adapt, right? You still keep that foundation there and everything we do, but you know, there's, there's ways to do it. And, um, you know, we, we wish you the best with that. You know, we went through some of that too, with our training, it went, it went virtually. And at first, 
um, even the teacher and student, you find it hard to want to buy in because um, you just you want to be around people. When, mm-hmm. as you said, when things opened up, it's just like a year went by because we were so excited and being in each other's in presence. There's presence that is just like, oh, it feels so good, and you're like, so that's a good feeling. And uh, and now you're able to adapt it, like you said, everywhere because you've you've gone virtually. And um, uh, you know, speaking, of, it's summertime. Um, you know, what are some events that are, that are coming up um, uh, for Caldwell First Nations that, um, you know, that you're either collaborating in that's happened that, that you're, you're kind of doing? Um, so throughout the summer, we do like a lot of our regular events, right? So we always do an event on Solidarity Day. Um, we always do an event for Orange Shirt Day. They're just events that happen every year, Um yeah, I'm not, I think we're still like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so many ideas. So we're, we're still kind of stuck in that space, right? Because, I mean, it was just a couple months ago that all the restrictions were lifted and we could do things in person again. So, mm-hmm. again, it again now we have to readapt, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's go back to the old way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Some The the new is, is old, kind of, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh... We had to change this, but now we can go back to that way. It's like, how do I transition back? What, what's, what's the next main goal for the Coldwell um, community? What is, what is the next goal for you? I want to say our next big goal is, is being able to build on the reserve, right? Yeah. That piece of land. Um, again, that's something that's been in the works for years. And now that we actually have that reserve status, we can actually truly start the work mm-hmm. to to start building on the land. And I imagine, um, you know, you're reaching out to, uh, you know, other reserves, what works, you know, what hasn't worked. And, you know, when starting that, what are, you know, what's the most, not most important, but where should we start first? Have you been doing that at any other uh, First Nation organizations that you've been working with? I would say probably not on my end. That would probably be more of a, a council thing. But okay. but that for Caldwell, it is kind of cool because we are unique in that way, right? So we've seen the things that work on other reserves and things that don't. Mm-hmm. So we get to see that and we get to hopefully try new stuff and make it better. Hi, my name is Ed Armstrong. I'm the Inspector of Professional Advancement with the Windsor Police Service. With this position, I oversee our training branch, community services, as well as recruitment. As you know, Windsor is one of the most diverse communities in Canada. With that being said, our goal is to ensure that our police service represents our community. If you know anyone from your community that believes in our core values and will be an asset to our organization and serve the community with honor and service, The Windsor Police Service is currently accepting applications for the position of cadet. We encourage you to have them apply. Although patrol and ensuring the safety of our community is our number one priority, the Windsor Police Service offers different departments that may interest you. To name a few, our Major Crimes Branch, our Forensic Identification Unit, 
emergency services unit, and our marine unit. Which one interests you? So you want to know how to become a cadet? Simply visit our website at windsorpolice.ca under the career tab or visit oacpcertificate.ca. I'm sitting at my desk waiting to see your application. with other reserves or is it something that you just kind of um, see what they do and you try to um, either mimic or do the same or is it something that you guys as a community you come together and help each other out in these situations when you're building from basically from scratch you're starting from new uh, is it something that you know that you have the support of other reserves definitely again like I said that would be on more of a council level okay but yeah I do know that you know obviously being, I guess, in contact mm -hmm. with those other chief and councils, mm -hmm. there are probably ideas bouncing all over the place. That, that's good. That's yeah. good that everyone's in a room and yeah. the ideas are bouncing. And, um, you know, like us, it's when it gets to us, it, it's it's good to hear. Mm -hmm. All right. Even if it's not the details, but it's like collaboration is happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it starts from, you know, all over. And, um, you know, we talk about your bio Windsor to Leamington, like you, you grew up in Windsor. Um, what was, what was that like? Uh, you know, being first nations and, uh, you talk about, you know, not having a home and how, how did you, you know, don't have to get too in depth, but how'd you <laughs> feel like, um, you know, it can be a, as a, you know, as a minority, mm -hmm. uh, I, I understand sometimes in situations you wish you could turn to your left and right and you'd have that support, but, um, it's difficult. But, um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Oh, fun. No. Um, I mean, growing up in the city, obviously I don't didn't know any other way than growing up in the city, right? So surrounded. And I will just say one thing. The city has definitely changed since I've left. Okay. <laughs> definitely changed since I've left. Um, but, yeah, just uh, I think – and the the one thing that I wish is that I I don't it's hard right because as um, even just going to grade school right um, you know you, you got beat up for being Indian right I got made fun of all the time I used to have really long hair and one day I just came home and I was crying and I told my mom can't do it anymore cut it all off so yeah I. And then, you know, now it's like, man, I wish I wouldn't have cut my hair off. But you know what I mean? It's it's choices, right? Do I want to get beat up every day or, you know, do I want to try and fit in, right? So there's a struggle. That was a struggle that, you know, not fun. Um, and I really didn't, didn't know. I mean, I've always been, you know, you always get the reminder, right? Be proud of who you are. Always been proud always been proud to be um Potawatomi um definitely my mom and, and my grandparents you know instilled that in me so that was good and I passed that one on to my to my daughter um but yeah but I mean probably no different than 
a lot of other people, right? I'm sure, you know, I know other people got beat up in school too, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's those stories you remember back to them. Um, But you said, you said something there, um, you know, your grandparents and your mother instilling that be proud of who you are. And I, I remember that my, my mother's Jamaican, my father's from Ghana. And um, now that I have kids, I, I want to, you know, pass the, the stories, the history, even the language, even though you, know, you talk about language, I, I don't speak the languages. And um, my mother, she speaks Patois, right? <laughs> yeah, both Jamaican. And, um, you know, my kids asked me about it. And I, and I said that and I was like, oh, I wish I knew more. So you start, like you said, diving back, and like you said, you go back to that. Um, for me, it's like you said that I can't learn at that level. I have to go back to like, like I'm a kid. I'm my son's asking, and he's like, "What does this mean? What does that mean?" And I'm going back, and um, and even my mother, right? She knows she speaks Patois, but where does it come from, mm-hmm. right? Just you know, the mixes of um, uh, the indigenous of, of Jamaica, the Africans that came there, and you know, mixing with the French and, and all that. And it's, it's your history. And I've, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's good. Um, his, I would say history is cool again, you know, in school, they, you, there wasn't, we didn't talk about much, but now, um, you know, I think they've realized that in, in schools and in life, we got to start pulling from, you know, what we our diversity, but also, like you said, who was here first? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, it's good. Me and Bianca were talking. They have programs in, in the school where they're now starting to educate the youth. And I think that will help with, um, hopefully it helps with that, you know, the bullying. Because it still happens, right? Oh, yeah. But information is power. How, how do you feel about that, that now they're introducing that in schools? I think it's great. Um, I love going around and talking to the schools. I, it floors me. Some of the questions that the younger ones ask it's like, what? No adult would ever ask that question, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah. it's it's crazy some of the things that they ask, but it's great. It's great, and and that's that's where it needs to start, right? It needs to start with those younger ones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they can be that change. That's right. That's right. It's so important for kids to know where where their history is, where they come from, and um, why we all look so different, why we behave so different, and, and that's so, so important. So if there was, like, if there was something, like, are, are, Jamie just talked about the kids learning at a young age, um, but is there something that, um, that you could say that, hey, you know what, of anything, I really wish that they would, they would teach. Yeah. <laughs> They would, yeah, <laughs> give it to us. We want. They would teach this yes. specific thing in school, um, because again, uh, you can you can go into a school and they and you can hear the teacher teaching something, and then it's just like, mm, that's not right. What would what do you want them to know? I actually had a teacher reach out to me um, when the Indigenous Studies were first introduced a couple years ago. Well, actually, pre-COVID, because. Um, she's like, I should not be the one teaching this to these kids, right? I, it should not come from me. Um, so I was going into the school once a month for that class, right? So I would check out their curriculum to see what they learned that month. And then they actually got it from like an First Nations point of view, right? And got to ask those questions, got that clarification. 
got that truth. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but, and, it, yeah. But that's what I said. It needs to start with those young ones. Um, not to diss on you guys, but adults. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's some things we just grew up with, and it's hard for us to get yeah. it back. Yeah. It, it really is. And as I said earlier, like, I mean, we don't know. Because I was never taught anything in school about indigenous or anything. I was never taught. So I don't know. And... Um, I know it's never too late for us to learn, and that's a part and a, a main reason why you know we want you here at this table so we can hear it from you. We can turn on the TV and see anything, you know, but how do we know? We need to hear it from yeah. you. That's just it. Even TV, right? Is it really true? Right. Mm-hmm. Is that the truth? Right. Right. I mean, as First Nations people, we've been telling our stories for a really long time, mm-hmm. and nobody's believed us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Until. Last yeah. last year, right when yeah. when that happened in BC with those you know two hundred and fifteen children, it was like, oh, yeah. So it was like really, because we've been telling you this for a long time. A long time, yes. right? And and that's the thing, right? It's 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 frustrating. I can't imagine, you know, how frustrating it must feel inside to know we have been telling people about this for the longest time and. Um, nobody was listening to us until you have proof and and uh, you know I know for me um, listening to the news and hearing that I, I just I can't imagine I mean as a mom I can't imagine what it would be like to send your child off to school and not know that you're ever if you're ever gonna see them again and I, I just or even be not even they didn't even send them off no they were taken away. That's. I think, um, like I said a year ago, when I did an interview with CBC, I said, please don't let this just be the story of the week. Yes. And then it's, you know, it, it's still happening to this day. They're still searching. We're still searching. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the news anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to find it yourself. And um, I, you that's talking with Bianca before, you know, the, you know, that devastation of those stories in BC. Um, I went out and looking for that information myself. And it's like right now, if you don't go out there and actively ask those questions, you can't find it. So I think we still have to have that little inquiry where we want to know. Um, and you know, where do, where do we go as a community to, um, to get that information? Like, you know, you can go online or whatever, but, um, you know, help us help our community. Who, who do we talk to? How do we ask those questions? Um, you know, the idea of support is, I, I think we need to know first. And, and where do we go for mm-hmm. that truth, that that truth that we need to hear? Where do we, where would, what do we do? Call me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> but right, that's, it's as easy as reaching out to your local First Nation, right? The, that, that's what we're there for, right? You have questions, we'll give you some answers. Mm-hmm. You might not like them sometimes. Yeah, I, hey. Oh. That's <laughs> the truth is hard to hear sometimes. You know, it is. It really is, so I can understand that. I can totally understand that. But, yeah, I, I mean, anytime you have any events, summer events or anything like that that's going on, um, how do you relay that to ever to the rest of the community so we can try to be involved and have a better understanding so we definitely we have a website 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our posters and things go up on our website, like our flyers that say when events are and what they are. Um, not everything is open to the public, right? right? Um, you know, as we hopefully become more, I don't want to say dependent upon ourselves, but right, a lot of the funding that we get is government funding, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's like guidelines and restrictions that we have to follow. So whereas, um, you know, some of our programs, we're only allowed to offer them to community members, right? Mm-hmm. So First Nations band members. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are certain things that we can do that we can open up mm-hmm. and invite the public. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's there's a fine line there sometimes, Absolutely. which yeah. is... Again, about that education piece, right? How do people learn if they cannot be included? And as uh, Indigenous people, exactly. that's something that we've always done. And that's what I struggle with in my job mm-hmm. is if they don't know, then how are they going to know? Okay. And that's the thing. Yeah, so yeah. got to get to the website. Um, like you said, some stuff is open to the public and... And, you know, I, I attended my first powwow and rich in, in culture and, and what I learned and just, you know, being included. Like you said, that inclusiveness really opens you up and um, and you're able to ask questions. And sometimes you're I wasn't even asked questions. I was just listening. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It's just just listening sometimes and um, you're just watching those senses that we all grow up with. And uh, like a child. I felt, again, when you learn something new, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I encourage everyone to go to the website. And, you know, I, I was on there and I was, you know, I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, uh, you know, the sacred laws and stuff like that. And, and, and when you see it more places, you, you start asking more questions. And uh, so, yeah, I, I encourage everyone uh, who's listening now. What's the website again? Uh, CaldwellFirstNation.ca. There it is. That's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we... We're here to learn. Uh, go there to learn, um, and, and yeah, reach out um, and be a part. I, I know as Windsor Police, that that's that's our goal is to, um, you know, get connected and, and and learn more. You know, being here at our training branch, um, you know, it's not always about the physical; it's about that that mental um, and being inclusive. So, because we all have some biases, and the more we ask questions, the more we get in tune with it. yeah, mm-hmm. you 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 can handle situations. Um, in, in anything in life, not just in policing, just in your in your general life, um, and and to know that uh, you know, to Canada is not everything they just taught us in schools as as adults. There's more out there. So, um, someone was here first, right? And uh, I'm so happy that you came here today and, and talked to us. And you know, I know you were nervous at first, but it, it was amazing. You, your your passion came out, um, and we appreciate it. So thank you for coming, Bianca. Yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping you now. You know, I, Jamie, I have one more question, if I may. Oh, I, I love one, the questions. One, one, one more question for, for Carrie, if possible. I noticed that um, when you, that you put a title down for this talk, and it says it's never too late. And I want to know from you, what does that mean? Yeah, I... I was like, what? A title? Come no, on. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's just it, right? It's never too late. Like I said, I grew up in Windsor, so I I didn't have those teachings. I didn't have the opportunity. I like to say I was denied, mm-hmm. right? I was denied that opportunity. And, you know, over the last 
12 or so years, I've been going to ceremony. I've been learning the language. I've been learning the teachings, right? It's never too late. Like I said, I'm teaching my mom the language now, right? So never too late. That's right. I love it. I love it. And that's what I wanted to hear from you. It's never, ever too late. And it's never too late for us to learn either. No matter how old we are, we can still learn and um, get educated about each other. That's that's so important right now. Hand it back over to you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Carrie Ann, Bianca. 519 Connect, you can find us on all platforms. Um, Thank you for having us today, and thank you for tuning in to 519 Connect.